Welcome to the Monthly Movie Dispatch, the movie review show from friends you can trust. Every week we broadcast a review of a new film, talk about some film news, and recommend what to watch. We've been talking, critiquing, and gushing over movies since we were in high school, and we aim to bring you honest conversation on relevant cinema. Um, I'm here with my brother, Sean. Hey. And we will be talking about the film Dear Evan Henson. Um, that'll be our main featured review for this week, but, uh, I want to do a little side bit and we want to talk to everybody about what is remaining for the rest of the year, because frankly, it's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. The amount of great films or possibly great films we have coming up possibly. from huge we'll directors, see. people we've been following for a long time, left and right every other week. It's just not stop. And it's kind of weird having all this to look forward to after, I mean, I don't want to say a dead year and a half, but, um, but a slower year and a half. And it kind of makes me wonder, like a lot of these movies are probably waiting for this moment to come out um, when theaters are more reopened and they can actually make their money back. Um, so if you don't mind, Sean, I kind of want to recap what's mm -hmm. ahead of us the next few months. Actually, till the end of the year, I added some at the end because it, nice. it's pretty crazy. Then till, um, and then at the end, maybe we can say what we're are what we're most excited about. Yeah, I can only um, hold so much in my brain at at the same time, so I only have like the ten movies that are coming out in October. Yeah, yeah. So here's my list um, of what I'm most excited for. If I forget anything, you can tell me. Um, so. I'm not including Venom, actually, even though that might be what we reviewed next week. Uh -huh. But besides that, which is uh, kind Titan... of which is pretty exciting because, um, oh no, who's directing it? Um, uh, Andy Serkis is directing it, which is kind of kind of cool, kind of kind of rooting for him. Kind of cool, but he's also makes some bad movies. So he's only directed one movie, Mowgli, is my understanding. And I heard Dad not... turned that on once, and it was awful. Yeah. But um, I always root for Andy Serkis. Yeah, yeah, same, same. Irregardless, um, we have the movie Titan coming out. I think that's how you pronounce it. This is the Palme du Jour. Is it Titany? The Palme du Jour winning. pronouncing it Titany. Yeah, won the Palme du Jour at Cannes Film Festival earlier this year. And every single movie that wins that award is typically remarkable and something you have to As see. The trailer it. for it looks nuts. Uh -huh. Have you seen it? Yeah. It's it's okay. like a trailer that you're just like, what the hell yeah. is this? Stylized, yeah. ridiculous, uh -huh. twisted film. Um, directed I don't know. So I'm just excited. Director yeah, of directed Raw? By? Director of Raw, which was on my top 10 list. That... Oh. Um, Mm -hmm. cannibalistic horror film was also amazing that. yeah that, yeah, that's that really exciting see, but yeah really excited mm -hmm. for it yeah excuse me. maybe you should start with raw and then or go backwards mm -hmm. um so we have a lot to get through the next film um is lamb a24 movie um, i feel like it's been a i mean a24 comes out a lot but i feel like it's been a bit this year since i've seen uh, a24 film mm -hmm. and this movie also is getting crazy good reviews like David Chen from the Slash Film Cast posted an amazing tweet about it. That got me really hyped. The trailer for this is also awesome. Um, so those are some indies um, coming up that are a little bit bigger. No Time to Die, uh, the new James Bond movie that's mm -hmm. been in you know suspension for years now by Kerry Fukunawa, 
who is an incredible, credible director. Mm-hmm. Um, I know Sam Mendes did one of, you know, a Bond film, but this is maybe one of the best, yeah, if not the Sam best Mendes director to touch a Skyfall. Bond film. Yeah. Yeah. And now we got Kerry Fukunawa. So they're yeah. taking, they're giving this to really talented people. And I mm-hmm. can't wait to see it. Definitely. I threw on Halloween Kills here just because shout out to Derek who gave the previous film five stars. So I guess we should all be anticipating this uh, one. Yeah. Maybe it'll be five stars as well. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Um, and then immediately after we got the last duel, Ridley Scott's epic, yeah. uh, medieval epic he hasn't done in a long time. Written by, I believe it's written by um, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. They're, they kind of teamed back up and wrote the script for this okay. movie, I believe. That's what well, I actually didn't, I didn't know that. Um, that's, that's actually really exciting. A yeah. really solid script on top of Ridley Scott's great visuals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the lo and behold, Dune by Dennis Villeneuve, which was our most anticipated movie of last year. Now it's our most anticipated movie this year. Mm-hmm. Um, what else is there to say? And then we got like a three whammy, the French dispatch by Wes Anderson, just throwing that at us. Yep. Um, uh, the Last Night in Soho by Edgar Wright, who's one of our longtime favorite directors. Yeah, since definitely we've been watching one of, since one like of high our school. favorites, for sure. Yeah. And his and like, the, first real kind of turn into a non-comedy. Um, yeah, let's pause him. Baby, exactly. Like, this baby, is a huge turn for him. And... Yeah. Baby Driver was, uh, was more action than, you know, kind of less of a comedy than most of his other movies but uh it definitely was still funny and and had his right big driver was kind of him like getting out of like a genre film even though it's still kind of a genre film yeah but this is like him this seems to be straight far away from his other stuff yeah Yeah. um so we're still in october (laughs) sorry i'm I'm actually missing the dates on all these no Um, but we one one that shocked me is the next one um licorice pizza Mm -hmm. paul thomas anderson's film that comes out now in in november yeah trailer for that dropped and it looks remarkable yeah and i can't wait to see it yeah his last movie what was his last movie phantom thread phantom thread yeah i loved that movie i haven't checked to see if he's if he's doing cinematography for licorice pizza as well um because he did that for phantom thread um i mean it looks good looks good Mm -hmm. I threw the next one in there. Now we're getting towards December because you mentioned it. Uh, West Side Story. Yeah. It's Spielberg. I got to say, uh, I've, the sets look gorgeous. Yeah I, uh, uh, yeah. I saw, you know, hearing about it, I was kind of pretty mad. I'm not a huge fan of the original, um, although it, it has its moments. But I've seen the trailer for this several times. And I'm, each time I'm just like, I'm kind of sold by this, for this trailer. It looks absolutely gorgeous and looks yeah. very expressive yeah. and looks like they're trying really hard with mm-hmm. everything they're putting on screen yeah definitely um uh, like there's i have memorable shots from the trailer stuck in my head that i can mm-hmm. see like the shadows and the people but anyways yeah. um and then we got to mention like we did last time matrix 4 mm-hmm. um lana wachowski um and then spider-man no way home just to top off the year yeah so like that alone is every single week from now till the end of the year, what I just listed. And I'm sure there's going to be a ton of indies sneaking up that are going to be great as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is solid. We won't have a down week from now to the end. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Super exciting. And th- oh. we should talk, should we talk about how we're going to fit all these movies into reviews? Or yeah. Stratagem? How did you want to do? 
I just well, wanted so to do I, one of these specials. Yeah, well, I kind of had the idea that it's October and there's so many movies coming out just in October and um, th- that uh, we could almost just do one episode with all of kind of the big horror movies that we are super excited yep. about. So That's I think we are going to be doing um, probably the last weekend in October a horror movie mm-hmm. episode, probably with uh, Titany uh, or Tight. Oh, how did you pronounce it? Titan. 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 Yeah. Lamb. Um, we yep, we're Halloween, kills. Halloween kills maybe probably. Sure. Uh, mm-hmm. Antlers is also coming. Did you mention Antlers? I didn't even mention Antlers. That's also coming out. That that looks mm-hmm. interesting. Um, and then probably we're going. We we just me and you talked about this. Um, but we might be doing last night in Soho. Like the day it comes out, um, we might mm-hmm. record that episode the day that last night in soho comes out and that would right that'll be really fun yeah that would review that movie so so horror movie episode end of october mm-hmm. um something to look forward to hopefully we'll get it out uh, before I, halloween and maybe before halloween. can uh take some recommendations for halloween weekend so i'm curious out of all these massive movies what's um what's your top three and what's your number one most anticipated of the so, rest of the year this is a lot. I have a pretty easy number one. I've been excited about it mm-hmm. since for forever. I'm sure you know. Uh, his, yeah. This this guy was made the number one movie of the decade from my number one movie from last decade, the teens. Um, yeah, Arrival. Dune. Yeah. Yeah. Dennis Villeneuve's Dune. All right, I'm just going to straight up agree with you. It's got to be Dune. There's actually Mm -hmm. some close seconds in here, Mm -hmm. but Dune has been the long time. You know, it got delayed. I've been wanting to see it forever. It's going to be a theater experience. So, I mean, like right now, I'm probably excited for several movies. Pretty, you know, they're all pretty close together. But I've been excited Mm -hmm. for Dune for years. And uh, definitely. So, what's your number two? Would probably be Last Night in Soho. All right, uh, my my number two, honestly, and it's because of the trailer, Licorice Pizza. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson. Uh, I guess Edgar Wright too, but yeah, it only I mean, delivers masterpieces. And Licorice Pizza a... trailer got me excited. Yeah, um, yeah, know, that would that would be my number three is uh, Licorice Pizza. And honestly, I haven't even really seen the trailer. I I watched it a little bit on my phone with the the sound off because <clears throat> I was on on set working, um, but yeah uh just the yeah paul Mm -hmm. thomas anderson movie is always a big event i'm gonna say god well it probably should be last night so if i could watch a movie tomorrow i would choose matrix i would choose matrix four like if i could just go sit down in a theater and see one of these movies third Mm -hmm. it would be matrix four so Mm -hmm. pretty exciting um hopefully the rest of the year we literally only have masterpieces to review and no more movies were disappointed in yeah definitely unlike hey (laughs) no spoilers Uh, but we have a lot to talk about i don't think it's so straightforward um so let's switch over switch gears back to dear evan henson Mm -hmm. um this film is directed by steven chbosky um it stars ben platt julianne moore and caitlin dever 
amongst other familiar faces. Mm -hmm. uh, plot description is a filled out adaptation of the Tony and Grammy award-winning musical about Dear Evan Henson, a high school senior with uh, social anxiety disorder and his journey of self-discovery and acceptance following the suicide of a fellow classmate. Um, heavy stuff. Heavy stuff. And actually in that description, there's already some things. His journey of acceptance um, and self-discovery. We'll talk about that in spoilers. Mm -hmm. um, I want to know, since you're the guest, um, what what's your first impressions of this movie? What's your initial thoughts? What's the goods? What's the bads? Well, I normally like to start off positive, but really uh -huh. my walk away from this movie, the, my thoughts were um, unbearable. Uh, oh. Oh. <laughs> um, excruciating. Uh, Ooh. Um. Yeah. Confusing. Confusing. Okay. Yeah. Intolerable. Um, oh. But most of all, boring. Um, okay. Mm -hmm. And you know, you, you know, you're you are right. I think I. I've heard a little bit of the conversation around this movie and um, it seems like what people, what a lot of people are saying about it, they're, they're making fun of it a lot. And um, it seems like it, it almost sounds like this movie is, is like the next cats, right? It's, it's like, you know, it's so terrible oh, and it's, yeah. it's like, but the people almost, are hating yeah, on this people movie. Are hating people are this movie. this film, but honestly, the maybe even the worst part about this movie is that it's actually not as bad as a lot of those movies like cats it's it's not a complete catastrophe it is just no it's not it is there's nothing about it that is you just like it boggles the mind like how someone could have come up with such a bad movie or who the hell could have possibly thought it was a, a good idea to do something in this way you know like like human faces on cats or like, you know, there's a lot of baffling decisions that you can really point at and make fun of with a movie like cats. But this movie, there's really nothing. And which makes it even in my mind, makes it even worse. And it just made it boring and intolerable for me. Um, I mean, some of your original adjectives, I don't know if they necessarily line up with that final statement you just said. I mean, it's in unbearable. Like, I just couldn't. And the another thing I have to say, this movie is mm -hmm. two hours and twenty minutes long. It's and yeah, it it's was a drag. An so absolute like, slog. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I could. I certainly will enjoy getting into kind of more of the parts and pieces of this movie. But that's my initial thoughts. Um. A thing that doesn't help the slog is the fact that we're watching a very common story. I and I actually was trying to think if I could like name the like where it got its like script from, where it's borrowing a script from, maybe a lot of different World's places. World's greatest dad. World's greatest dad, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen that one. But just like the the stacking of lies and digging your hole deeper until it just is so unbearable and drowning that you finally have to come clean 
And then the final act is you have to like, in some ways, try to remedy your mistake to the people you gave it to. Like, I feel like that is like such a common mm -hmm. plot device that we've seen and we yeah. know where it's going and we know that the final two acts of when it, when everything collapses and you see it coming a mile away. So like, it doesn't help a two hour and 20 minute movie with a story that is this generic and predictable. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's like, it's a fluff piece. Like, so I saw this film on Broadway, mm -hmm. um, granted after Ben Platt had already left. Okay. Uh, but you can watch his like performance at the Tonys of him doing the main song and stuff. But um, so a few years after it had already won the awards and the cast rotated out and it was, it was good. It was fine. There's, there's some ways this translate better to a stage than it does in a film. And we can talk about that in a bit. But a thing that's granted from stage often is the length. Like when you see a Broadway show, people mm -hmm. expect it to be two and a half hours long. Yeah. Um, when you see a movie that's kind of this plain um, and this simple of a story, it does not need to be two and a half hours long, mm -hmm. right? Like this could be an hour and 35 and convey all the exact same stuff. Mm -hmm. um, totally. And so that is, yeah, you're seeing a performance, you expect more, but when you're watching a movie, you don't need this. Yeah. And it definitely is a drag. And I, I felt like I remember when the stuff, like when you feel the climax is happening, when like all the emotions are spewing out, I like, I was like, looked at the time and there's still like 35, 40 minutes left mm -hmm. after that. And I was like, yeah. oh, what oh, else happens? Oh, like, no. what? Oh, no. Oh, no. Um, so I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, um, I, I mean, let me, let me go into a few of the things you were saying about its severity of people dragging it. Um, maybe I, I did not feel that horrificness from this movie. Yeah. Uh, I I agree with you. It's not a great film. It's not even that good of a film. But I also I don't think it's that bad. I couldn't. There's a lot of melodrama. It wears its heart on its sleeve, and you do have to get through some like very blunt scenes. But I I didn't necessarily hate too much in it either. As much as I'm hearing online, um, and I was kind of like thinking in my head, I was like, I wonder if trying to find what everyone hates about this movie is keeping me entertained because <laughs> I'm like constantly searching for it in every mm -hmm. scene and waiting for it to happen and nothing like falls apart ever. Mm -hmm. And it never did. I don't know. Maybe yeah. that was keeping my entertainment that alone. Um, yeah, I, I agree. It's not a catastrophe um, in, in that there's nothing about, single like i said earlier there's nothing no single thing that you can point at like you're not gonna i feel like you're not gonna find a bunch of clips online of like look how shitty this this yeah, is this how did they mess this yeah. up um but it, at no point in this movie was there um was i engaged i don't know at no point was i really engaged with the characters and mm -hmm. and engaged with it emotionally and certainly not to the to the level that the characters were emoting emotionally mm -hmm. um so <clears throat> i guess for me um you know there was probably about 20 15 20 25 minutes um in the beginning of this film where i yeah. kind of was like this could go somewhere this, oh, this okay. is okay i'm glad you agree this, I was going to say the same this thing. This is too. a story that has potential. You know, I saw you uh -huh. see this character who 
is clearly suffering from, you know, crippling social anxiety uh, disorders, um, severe depression. Uh, it helps and, that the opening and, song and, is the best song probably, in the whole musical. Probably. Like um, the, it's the main theme. And like I even got got some I mean, I'm I'm in no by no means an expert, you know, really knowledgeable on it. But like Asperger's um, or or even like. Um, yeah, autism um, mm -hmm. kind of <laughs> vibes from it where the way that he would yeah, like he was walking through the school in that opening scene and it was just like there were students everywhere and just noises and everything and all that stimulation was you know the way yeah. that it was you know overwhelming him and he was just kind of barely holding it together i really did kind of think like i mean i kind of knew that it wasn't going to just because of the things i had been hearing about it but i was kind of like there's some some directions that they could go with this movie that could really talk about uh mental disorders and talk about depression or or you know and, and it might actually have something to say um but i i do think it pretty quickly um and, and really right after the kind of catalyst i guess you would say happens where mm -hmm. he goes and he gets the letter from the parents and um maybe the first time he gets he's eating dinner with them yeah, maybe it starts getting a little yeah. awkward and forced mm -hmm. and melodramatic at that point yes um, and they're like they're like what tree oh the the apple orchard yeah. like oh you're best friends with them oh yeah. like we're yeah. like forcing all these like coincidences to happen you're like yeah and it's mm -hmm. like he's he's just trying to kind of explain it explain a situation and they just keep talking over him uh, which i i understand what they were trying to do with that they were trying to show that the mom is is um you know she seeing what it. she wants to see she was yes. she yeah. needed that um but it the scene just really kind of didn't work uh the way that it it it, it felt very forced and then mm -hmm. like after that the decision for him to actually follow through with it and be an active participant in this lie is when the movie really starts losing you um, and that's actually the the song that really loses me is the the happiest song in the whole yeah. musical yeah and it's like a big band jig mm -hmm. um, with him and his friend montage faking all the lies uh -huh. and the song kind of sucks and yeah. the mood the tone doesn't work mm -hmm. um and it's like the weirdest song in the whole music. It like doesn't even fit with the genre that the musical's in. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It, it kind of reminds me of the opening track to the second act of Hamilton when uh, it kind of does like a same type of Broadway song. Mm -hmm. um, anyways, very specific thing. Yeah. But I am glad you mentioned the first 20 minutes or so because actually, so Ben Platt has been receiving a lot of slack, or not slack, a lot of Flack. negativity mm -hmm flack on this role mm -hmm. um am i saying that right flat flack i think flack? it's flack right i, I question flack. myself yeah he's receiving a lot of flack on this role and i was actually shocked like surprised because i uh i i kind of thought he brought a lot mm -hmm. to the role With and it... i thought he what uh, yeah well i was gonna kind of agree yeah. i i don't think it was yeah. it was a, a again it wasn't a a catastrophic role the thing that i have heard a lot is uh, that him being, I believe he was 26 when they shot this movie, uh, playing sure. a 17 year old, 
Um, sure. And the the way that they did all the makeup uh, was fair, pretty unconvincing. And the one thing I I can kind of understand about that is that that I, I think David Chen said this is that the things that he is doing in this movie are so morally reprehensible that you have to believe that it's a person, a young person. Uh, I, I thought about that with a end. lack of understanding um, of the world yeah. and people. That mm-hmm. just to be able to get over that hump of of even buying into the premise of the movie yeah there's, there's some like, pivotal things at the end that start happening and in my head i was like oh yeah like this is a child uh-huh. like and that's why people are giving him slight benefit of the doubt at the ending because mm-hmm. this is like a struggling 16 yeah. year old or whatnot but if you and have, how mad can you be at a kid like yeah. that and that um, that works kind of it's still pretty tough uh, for a 16 yeah. 17 year old but if you if even there's a little p- uh, piece in the back of your head that thinks that you're watching a 27 or a 26 year old uh doing all these things it very quickly becomes al- almost impossible to forgive um him or even root for him or or even care about the character in any meaningful way yeah I think a lot, a lot of the mannerisms that you're mentioning, like about his anxiety and the way he expresses that, like while just walking down the hallway and that opening song, mm-hmm. I think a lot of it, that strength is helped from the fact that he did it for years on Broadway. Like mm-hmm. you, I often see like on Broadway, they meticulously, obviously they choreograph dancing on Broadway, but they meticulously choreograph like, um, expression and like hand gestures and they're all the same always the same Mm -hmm. like i feel like it's it's more meticulous than than a film Mm -hmm. and or a film in this caliber typically would be because on broadway every time they sing it they do the exact same movement Mm -hmm. like the exact same twitch and they've honed it down to that detail Mm -hmm. um, because they do it a million like you know they do it for years and an actor just does a scene for one day yeah um so they improv more and I felt like he brought that detail into his character mm-hmm. and the way the character reacted, just people passing by him and all that nervousness that he kind of expressed in the the opening like 15 minutes. And uh, I thought it was a really, I think it was very detailed and mm-hmm. another actor wouldn't have been able to capture that in such a short amount of time. Perhaps, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um... There's a lot. I mean, I have a lot of other problems with the movie. All right. Um, um, should we go to spoilers? That's well, a good let me, opening. Let me say, I, I do want to point okay. out before that this this movie has a lot of um, very clunky themes and very – well, they, they, there's actually several things I want to I still want to talk about before we even jump into spoilers. It's like – so not there's a lot of very clunky themes in this movie. I think the way that the movie deals with mental illness very quickly – um, gets sidelined and it and the movie becomes very shallow in its depiction of depression and sadness and like it it reminded me um of a maria bamford line uh where she she's talking about how most people see um depression in terms of being bummed out um mm-hmm. and like that's how a lot of this movie felt to me like it was portraying um the melodrama as just so so like there's also there's the term misery porn 
and right. uh, that people really, you know, people are on both sides of the, uh, on that. But the problem is with this movie, it's like misery porn, except for it it becomes very uninterested in what is making the characters and the people miserable. Um, like are you are you saying that like first the act, obvious? Oh, go keep going. Sorry. After the first act of the film, it become they're no longer interested in what is making the characters miserable, and becomes just focused on the misery, and they're just sad for sad sake and they're just bummed out um yeah and, and it's wholly uninterested in exploring what mental illness is all about um what depression is all about <clears throat> and um and really even pretty clunky um scenes where like i mean we could get it we should get into this in spoilers but um, yeah and the way that it, well i don't it deals with like solutions for okay mm -hmm. for depression and things yeah so, actually yeah. that that is what i wanted to get to i i agree with that last part for sure you're i mean the first statement i'd say the counter to that is um the like uh head of the class character who mm -hmm. does all the organization in the school i think is very much the solution to what you're saying and she's there to say like this expresses itself in many different ways and people hide it in many different ways and um and and she, yeah she represents that and she represents the other like you know she tries to make it known i mean that's her that's her whole song is about everyone hiding in in that and you might not notice at first sight um yeah i do agree with so that. i think that's the Although counter I do to think it that she was that was one one small scene in a big yep. big movie and she is later sidelined and, and it's never again her character is never mm -hmm. again explored in in that way Let, let's touch back on the wrap-up of that in spoilers yeah. but i want to hear what's what's some of your other um i had a, I had a couple other ones like in terms of themes yeah. i think it I, I, yeah, we'll themes. get into that in, in spoilers but like the way that this the movie handles like social classism and, and like Rich versus poor was really clunky and really awkward. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, we should talk about that in spoilers. Um, yeah. But the other thing is like, how boring were the musical numbers in this movie? And yeah, let's, like, we don't a, need to go into spoilers for talking about yeah, that. In in a genre that has a long, rich history, musical theater being adapted to film, a long, rich history of uh. incredible cinematography and you know award-winning cinematography and set design and and remarkable um you know set pieces um mm -hmm. things like chicago movies like chicago and les miserables and uh we mentioned it earlier the uh, west side story and uh you know we uh, just watched another incredible one you're, you're mixing okay you're mixing so heights. many things you're you're mixing creativity of all these things. I want to talk about them. Yes. You talk about the stuff with the music first. Well, sure. Okay. Yes. So that's true. the that's music true. is plain. The music is simple. Um, it focuses on like just the lyrics and the vocal melody, melody, and almost nothing else is interesting. Yeah. Um, and the opening number, tap tap tap, in the last, I think is a great song. Um, but there's very few other songs in mm -hmm. this that are even anything. Um, there's one point where the where his classmate, that uh, the girl. Uh, who um, does all the fundraising mm -hmm. literally has like a 30 second song in this because they had to give her something and it's just mm -hmm. one line like said four times so, like 
the music is playing and you know what it's like it's a new trend in musicals i'm not an expert but like of just this like playing pop you know good old pop musical uh-huh. uh it kind of reminds me of like frozen style songwriting mm-hmm. um and as opposed to like something we just watched recently like hamilton which is mm-hmm. just like so far above and beyond something like this this delivers a few like verses and choruses every song starts out quiet and gets a little catchy and it goes quiet again and mm-hmm. it has a bridge and ending like they're so they're typical and they're dry and mm-hmm. it's a problem for sure yeah yeah i mean it, it, for, for me like virtually every song is utterly forgettable um mm-hmm. you, like even going into this movie i i think i had read dun, some dun, reviews dun, of people who are like really excited and they like talk about how much they love the music in the from the musical and um i was just like what what are you talking there, about what and i know i love this kind of music but it's like it's it's just four chord four chord progressive mm-hmm. pop songs every single song from, yeah. from front to back it's in um, it, like it just contributes to like this movie is just so boring and so bland yeah. um and like on top You're of about the, the filmmaking then let's, and then let's on top that, of that okay? the filmmaking like in a genre that is is like it's like a match made in heaven for for cinematography um they do absolutely nothing to mm-hmm. even attempt to um enhance the story that is being told by the music uh it's just and that's, that's 90, pretty important on 95 percent of for... the time yeah, block it on stage, blocking and everything. Like ninety five percent of the time in this movie, it's just a static camera on a tripod filming a close up of a someone um, in just a normal school, yeah. just hanging out in a classroom yeah. or in a cafeteria. Nothing exciting going on, on around them normal, or anything. Yeah, normal thirty five to fifty millimeter lens. Um, yeah, and I know what you might say is limb is Rob. There's a there's an unbroken close up of of um, no, no, it's, I'm not going to say that. I'm not you, but pe- he, people might say that. But it, I mean, even that shot is is a uh, beautifully shot portrait of a of a human. Um, and yeah, you look at you compare any shot in this movie to that. Anyways, um, so, so you know the you know the scene where um, it shows all the social so the the like gimmick on stage like on broadway was very social media mm-hmm. like from beginning to end like that's why this musical or this movie opens up with him like typing all the shots the computer mm-hmm. and like the pop-ups um but that that themes continued throughout the show on broadway and i don't know if you remember like halfway through when the word was getting spread of the viral campaign thing that was going on yeah and you started seeing all these people making videos too and you saw all these little images and screens that's mm-hmm. kind of what the Broadway stage looked like the whole time. Hmm. And those images all over the stage were kind of supporting the story um, in the background. Huh. Uh, it was just like there was there was a little more to it yeah. um, rather than just it was a classroom or yeah. they're, you know, at a park on a swing set. Like, yeah. Uh, it's yeah, it's a little more creative on stage. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's interesting, because like that was a big question for me is what what about this movie really connected with people? for it to win so many awards Um, yeah is it just i mean this movie really does not um show anything really interesting for me Mm -hmm. um well i could move into spoilers now yeah so spoilers 
So stop, stop here if you haven't seen it. We're going to talk about some details, and there is details going to at the end. Or just keep listening. Or just keep watching, watching if you're not going to see and it. Don't see it. So the ending, Sean. I'm curious. What did you think of the twist? The twist. Uh, he was so boring. So he jumped boring. out of the tree. Did that? Did that hit you at all? No. I mean, I, that's I, like, that's again, that's like perfectly highlights. This movie was so uninterested in what makes like the concept of depression and, and why people, and it was just about the, the whole buildup. I was like, okay, why is he running through the forest all like sad by himself? Why mm-hmm. is he climbing this tree by himself? And why was it that he was out there and no one was, no one uh, was okay, able so to come rescue him. There's a reason for and, it, and, and I was like, that is so much more deal. interesting. But it was just like he he was bummed out, and he tried to yeah. what he he jumped off of a tree, and I, I, was I assume looking, it wasn't I was, committing suicide. It, but if it was it a cry for help, what you know, like it doesn't explore anything of any interest um, surrounding that. We knew he was bummed out. We knew he was sad and depressed and uh didn't have any friends so like he jumped out of a tree like i assume it was maybe was it an attempted suicide i don't know sean i think you're being a little harsh right now (laughs) i i'm not even a fan that big of a fan of this but like he tried to kill himself like i don't know like why what i mean what are the questions he tells his mom at point blank like in the probably hardest words possible that he had to that he tried to kill himself that summer that's why he has a cast um i I don't. I th- I think it was much more effective on stage. I remember it being like kind of a mic drop moment mm-hmm. on Broadway, um, and just like really being shocked that it went that far, and that's actually what came of that opening song and everything. Um, when you're falling in a forest and there's nobody around and all that stuff, like and it coming full circle um, in the movie, and I in the movie I think it was a lot less of a shocking moment or a, a big turn on everything. And I think they like kind of, I don't know. I think they kind of glossed over it a little bit, mm-hmm. but not, not to the extent that you're giving it troubles for. Um, I was just, I, so I think it was pretty obvious what happened. I was just okay. like, so it was like, there's so much build up to it and you knew that something was coming from it. And um, yeah, it just like, to me, I, I was just, you know what I think it was. So, and I hate like an telling people how to like, how to make how to make it better but like i think it was the fact that they showed it happen a full scene before he said it happened mm-hmm. and yeah. so when he by the time he tells his mom you already know the twist mm-hmm. right and i think they should have combined in those to be to yeah. have you see it and hear it at the same time or something mm-hmm. maybe that could have been like more of a shock instead of i will also say it i yeah. actually genuinely didn't really understand what what they were going for it. Cause like in, in my head, I was like, I assume it was like, he was an attempted suicide, but, and mm-hmm. I think it may be, is it because the way they shot it, it didn't like, maybe if you had seen how high he was in the tree, you don't I really know, know how tall, how yes. high up he was. And like, okay, he broke his arm, but like my nephew or my niece broke her arm falling like five feet off of a, I know exactly. Off of a thing. So like if he had climbed all the way up to the top of a tree and jumped up, but like at the same time, then you're breaking. If it's a, 
I'm, I'm sorry. This is really insensitive for like suicide. It's really terrible. But like, you vision. I'll just say visually, it was not communicated well that it was a legitimate attempted suicide. Um, I'll, I'll was, back you up there. Yeah, like I had that thought right when I saw the scene. I was just like, they should have made it look higher. Like, mm -hmm. um, and I knew exactly what they were going for. But I was like, yeah. they they should have just made this feel more extreme. Maybe it's when they show the fall, he kind of just like plops on his side a little bit mm -hmm. instead of yeah. like having to maybe do a like that somersault and making yeah. it seem more extreme. Uh -huh. um, and that's kind of nitpicking, but I do agree. I had that same quick thought. I was like, they should have made that more dramatic, like more brutal or mm -hmm. something. Um, There's no blood. But... I don't mean, I don't know how. Anyways, it's just like, I don't know. Let's talk about, let's talk about the ending. Mm -hmm. Um. I think I was most, I think one of the things I was most disappointed in is um, I hear people are having troubles with the fact that this kid receives like forgiveness from people mm -hmm. and maybe they communicate this better on Broadway too. Um, but I, I didn't, I, I kind of liked what they did with, with the, the family. Like he didn't, he gave them a video, but they never like reached back out to him. We never mm -hmm. see that. The, he doesn't get a kiss at the ending. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's supposed to be that's supposed to be a long time later, like at the end of the school year. He meets back up with her. Maybe they didn't communicate how long it had been since she'd seen her at that point. But um, I like that they just met once and she leaves and says goodbye to him. Um, I, I didn't feel like everything is totally fine for him and that he got this huge redemption. And so I maybe I'm kind of I disagree with some of the criticism on this. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with you either. Um, okay. I don't. Yeah, he didn't. He was perhaps let off the hook a bit by the movie, um, in that he does. After all this, he, he doesn't really. The movie does. He he doesn't. You don't really see him paying for what he did to the family, um, but you get to. But you do see him, um, you know kind of having a bit of a redemption where he is actually seeking out information about him. And so like, you know, I think there is some meaning you can get from that um, outside of just that he's being redeemed, but um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. And, but, and then you don't really, you see him, I guess, back to the struggle of uh his life the same things that he struggled was struggling with in the beginning um so yeah i yeah i um i i feel like especially at the end i mean it's it's all melodramatic at the end just like yeah. all of it um he has this kind of like final finale kind of coming to term song that he sings um in the orchard and stuff and I don't know. At that point, I was like so checked out. It definitely mm -hmm. wasn't working for me at all. Like the, I was going to say the plot description when I read it out loud, his journey of self-discovery and acceptance. Mm -hmm. I was, at the yeah. ending, I definitely don't feel he over... Like I didn't get a good confirmation of that, yeah. like overcoming. Yeah, either, um, either saw, of those. Yeah, I saw that the, the big problem he caused was giving him a purpose in the moment. But after everything came tumbling down, I didn't really see his like, um, his big like comeback in the orchard. Mm -hmm. Like I think you were supposed to feel at all. Yeah, I think that was a big missed opportunity. Yeah, definitely. Um, 
yeah it, it all felt very blah at the end I like the the um you know him fall jumping out of the tree and then even like the or the scene in the orchard it all yeah it didn't didn't work um do you want to talk a little bit about more about the themes yeah uh, um you were gonna say like, class struggle yeah th- th- it seemed like there was a lot of um cl- class uh it, it was trying to say something about par- you know wealth and poverty and like the difference um but yeah it seemed really clunky um i liked i liked the line where he's just like he's like you're you're rich and she's yeah praise. but they're like rich and you're poor yeah. i mean he lives in a totally normal neighborhood yeah and he has he's totally surviving he eats and has clothes and yeah is fine and will probably get student loans and go to community college like he's not yeah. poor yeah um Definitely. And and so like that, I, I agree with that because, you know, the look of his house, sure. She, you know, she's a single mom. She's struggling. She's having to work long hours just to be able to pay for everything. But um, yeah, it didn't really seem like he was, he was like, you know, poor, poor in the way that you would normally depict poverty yeah. um, in, and... in a movie clunky in the sense that like the the other family is just he happens to be like a successful lawyer like of course yeah um and that's just it he has a great house he's a lawyer uh-huh. of course and then um, like just like blunt and clunky uh-huh and then like the um it just like felt so weird um to have like this 16 year old girl driving a thirty thousand dollar jeep brand oh, yeah. new jeep wrangler in a lot of yeah. these scenes and it's just like i don't know and, and sure maybe they were that was a part of them showing the wealth of the family but it just seemed very strange to me um and then there were a few yeah, things like, like you don't you don't have a car what yeah I'm like he's 17 like yeah. so many people yeah. don't have a car yeah definitely like and uh, dropping yeah and um I thought like the mom it's was like the movie tr- wanted us to be like, what? He doesn't have a car and he's uh-huh. 17. Oh my God. Poor guy. Yeah. And um, like, but it, yeah, at the same time, it's, I mean, you can get a shit car <laughs> pretty, pretty cheap. Um, yeah, but, you can work at McDonald's yeah. and get a $300 car after the first week of you <laughs> yeah. working there. Uh-huh. Um, I sold my Toyota Camry for $400 and it still ran. Uh, anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, and then, like, I thought the mom was treated really poorly. Um, and, like, it, it, there were several scenes where it felt like the movie was against the mom, the single mom working uh, long hours. Mm-hmm. And, like, oh, she, she needs to be there for her kid. All she does is pay for his therapy and, and his prescription medication to deal with depression and this this was another thing about the movie not really exploring she was, she was depression. all-star mom yeah she kind of was, was rem- like everything she did and said to him was yeah. so perfect yeah um and like he's just like you he's just, like she's you not here for taco about tuesday me. yeah he's she's not here for taco tuesday and and you don't care about me you just send me to therapy and 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 pump me full of drugs and like she's probably like 
stressing out as a single mom stressing out so hard about where is she going to get the money for these therapy sessions from her kid who's dealing with severe depression and crippling social anxiety so that he can and okay yeah to pay for all those things she has to work long hours and she's not going to because she's a single mom and it's just like it felt like it treated her really unfairly and like and then like the second she gets home from work her first thing is to go to dear and heaven's like evan henson's room to check on him yeah Um, like she she's a great mom Yeah. yeah and then like comparing her with amy adams who who is like portrayed in the movie as as an all-star mom and um but i also i don't think the movie explored the other kid i forget his name connor and why Mm -hmm. he was the way he was um because like there's some his dad because of his dad oh because he he was old enough to remember the dad dying and that was a weird line she goes i was one so i like barely remember remember him (laughs) He died when okay. I was like one, so I barely remember him. I was, I was like, yeah, what? right when she and said that, like, I was like, they should have rewrote that. And then at the same time, uh, at the same time, you have to think, well, the older brother, I don't know how old the she is. I know Evan was a senior and he's like dating this girl, but she has an older brother who also goes to the same school. I don't know. Maybe he was held back a grade or two, but he's an older brother so how much older is he like two three years older so he was like three or four years old and so the dad dad dying was a i guess maybe a bigger deal thing i don't know just wasn't Um, adding up in your head yeah none of that was adding up in my head and um yeah so but yeah you really never get uh, the sense of who he is or why he was the way he was. Yeah, Sean, and but was he it... had black paint on his fingernails. Yeah, so... he's troubled. And like, so you know he's and, but the movie does like go out of its way to show how angry the sister was at him. And like, she clearly thought he was a terrible person. Like he must, I mean, like all the, th- what, what are all the things that he did to her? And, um, you know how how like w- was he a, a bully or like what what did he do to her that that made her so mad at him and then like what yeah, was i didn't really get the um she was like he he called me out to beg me for money and i gave it to him mm-hmm. i mean it kind of made me think like he was on a lot of drugs in yeah. rehab and yeah. they kicked him out of the house mm-hmm. like but he was coming back for money. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, it actually didn't actually add up that much because he was kind of still in school. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I actually don't know. They, yeah. You're right. They could have gone a little more in depth on what was making this guy um, be like be who he was mm-hmm. at that time. So and that's yeah, like was he was bummed. He was bummed out. Is what what, what it was. And he was just that's okay. Out. That's what you're trying to get at. The, sh- yeah. the kind of the shallowness of that examination. Mm-hmm. Like and like what is his dad died he's bummed out so he's depressed yeah and also like what are the what are his parents responsibility for for that uh, um for that thing did they ignore his the the signs of depression or you know whatever he was dealing with um maybe social mental disorders that he was dealing with um even like uh, addiction or whatever it, it was meanwhile this single mom is 
being portrayed as a bad mom for sending her kid to therapy and, and i don't think these it. things are unsaid sean like they they come out of points like remember the whole internet it was saying what you're saying that was one of the big That's points of backlash true, but then and, like it the, and the it movie like portrayed destroyed it. their family for a bit but the movie portrayed um, it as the internet's being unfair because of of G, uh evan's letter because they they just didn't know because all they had was this letter that evan wrote um that everyone thought was he the letter that he wrote and so because of that they're blaming the family which was unfair because they're not responsible for it and i don't know it just it was very clunky yeah very little of it worked so in any i want to say one more thing to kind of wrap this up off of this negative explosion that we've both been going through and i think okay if and no one no one's still listening but the movie isn't the, that awful. True. I, I honestly think that. I think I think we have dug pretty deep onto some details um, that it got wrong, but I think the movie is long and sometimes boring and plain. Almost entirely but, um, boring and plain. <laughs> but I do think we're making it sound like um, an absolute disaster, which I don't think it was. These are just um, think... these are just things that a two hour and twenty minute runtime of a melodrama about mental illness and social anxiety disorders need to have in order to have the right to have anyone watch it. <laughs> I, I'm more worried about the long scenes of people just sitting in a bed staring at each other singing at the top of their lungs and yeah. how awkward that looked. Yeah, but, uh, and how it plays so much better on stage than just in a bedroom mm-hmm. um, or at a kitchen table. Yeah, um, or on a couch. Those were though I have bigger problems with that than I did some of these specifics. But, mm-hmm. anyways, yeah, I think we've gone on for a bit. I think yeah. we everyone knows probably to skip this one. Yeah. Um, but I do want to say Ben Platt, you actually did do a good job. And I'm glad you played that part because you brought a lot to it, especially in the first 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. Anything else, John? So many more things. <laughs> I know. I just feel like we're at like yeah, an hour and 10 yeah. minutes. Maybe we're not. Yeah, we're, um, we're 55. So we definitely should, okay. should end it okay. there. Okay. Um, so we have a, a lot of great stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff we'll love coming forward. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Um, next is going to be possibly Many Saints of Newark or Venom. We're still up in the air, but we mm-hmm. will see you on next Tuesday at 8. Um, please like and subscribe, and thanks for listening. Um, and thanks for joining me, Sean. Yep. Thanks for watching this drag. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Bye. Bye.